It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Flow Track Podcast. I'm Kevin Selly, joined by Gordon Mack. Gordon, looks like you're working the phones there as we speak. Any new information that you'd like to share? Uh, no. I'm trying to bring up an image. Uh, trying to find a cartoon image. Okay, well that's so not going to work for yeah, 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 okay. the audio podcast. I thought you had information you, for us. I do, but you you know you know the you know the character, the Adventures of Tintin. Tin Tin. Sure, sure. So, so here's can't so see that guy's hair. If you're watching the video version, see the little okay. hair flip, and then look at my hair flip. Oh, I see. We're we're, we're like okay. the same. Well, that's that's all I wanted to talk about. All right, podcast okay. over. Let's let's talk about what's coming up next. All right. Well, if you're watching flowtrack.org slash flowtrackpodcast, you saw that image. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, you did not see that. But you didn't miss much, let me just tell you. Uh, Big news we wanted to open with from yesterday, the high school scene, NXN, Gordon called off, canceled the postseason meet that is held every year in Portland. One of the two national championship meets in Portland will not happen in 2020. What was your reaction? Reaction was, wow, it's pretty early. Um, it is July. I guess once the first regional in November, right? Yeah. So they yeah. were thinking, hey, they didn't think they could hold something in November out in July. I know like November, I mean, obviously there's no New York City Marathon. I got canceled. That's in November. Um, you thought maybe NXN would maybe cancel the regionals and only do a finals, uh, but we have to remember we think NXN as a national championship when really it is a uh, advertisement and they probably lose money on the finals. They make all their money on the entry fees for all the regional teams that come in and compete. You know, that's how they make their money and they realize people aren't going to come to our regionals because of this pandemic. We're not going to make any money. It'll just be a big loss of money if we only do a finals. So they said, let's just ask the whole thing save all the money on putting it up all up and flying people in. And, you know, they probably save money by not spending money. Um, and they just kind of call it a wash. So that's probably what happened, if I had to guess. Yeah. Well, also, the the finals itself, it's not just a race. There's clinics. There's social events. There's all these things that go around it that make the event the event. So it's not just a matter of – hey, can we get this group of people out here to race? It's putting all that other stuff on because that's what's worth it from the sponsorship side of things, right, is all the other stuff you're bringing coaches in from around the country. And that, of course, is made especially difficult in the same way with a marathon, right? It's just uh, there's the expo. There's all the other stuff that goes along with it on on race week in these major marathons. And when you can't do that, financially, it becomes difficult to have difficult to have the race but that's a good point too about the regionals i think if we do have cross country this year 
on the high school side, it's going to be something that's very local within, within states, within perhaps regions, things that are driving distance. And knowing this now, it's, it's tough news, but there is some benefit to it in terms of at least you have some knowledge of what – there's so much uncertainty out there. Sometimes it's good just to get an answer, even if the answer isn't what you want to hear, so that way people can plan and shape um, their seasons accordingly. What do you think uh, no NXN? Obviously, it's one of two national championships, Foot Locker. Foot Locker Mm -hmm. is a different animal. Their regionals are also very big. They have big community races in their regionals, uh, and it's massive. But their nationals are very small. It's only 40, 40 individuals. Uh, mm-hmm. it's in San Diego. What do you think they're going to do? I think they'll eventually get to the same decision that NXN did. It's just going to take a bit longer because you're right, 40 people as opposed to NXN, which is hundreds of people. But again, you're still doing that other stuff, right? There's still the the social events that go along with it. There's still parents and coaches flying in from all throughout the country. And again, the regional meets, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. When I went to high school, they did not have NXN yet. So it was a bit different, but I remember the West regional at Mount Sac was such a huge, huge event. And that did not have necessarily all the bells and whistles around it. You know, pre-race, there wasn't, there wasn't pre-race clinics or, or social events. But there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids coming from all throughout the country uh, or the, the West region, in my case, paying 10 bucks or 20 bucks or whatever it is, getting their, getting their, uh, getting their T-shirt and getting a chance to run. So you take that out, it's going to be, you know, extremely, extremely difficult to, I mean, how you, I mean, you're just going to, if you're going to pick, you're going to pick 40 people, maybe you could do it that way if it's going to happen. But having it, having a regional meet is going to be um, extremely difficult for the same reasons it would be for an XN. Yeah, it's true. Um, what do you think is going to be the effects? I mean, because even the, some of the state associations, right, um, are ch- kind of like moving around their their rules of how they're going to do high school athletics. I mean, yeah, New York State, I think, announced that they're going to hold the fall sports season in the spring like they came out with these three season tiers their season mm-hmm. season one is going to be during when fall when winter normally is and that's gonna be winter sports season two is going to be sometime between is like gonna be the month of april and that'll be the fall sports and then season three is going to be when spring sports are like spring and summer um which would be wild if we we're having high school cross country in this in the spring which is what i talked about potentially having NCA cross country in the spring. All these situations, do you think that uh, a lot of states are going to follow New York and try to have a three-season arc all in the same second semester yeah. of, a, of a high school? Yeah. Yeah, because I eventually they're going to get to the point where that's the only way that it can happen. I still see – maybe you disagree with me here, but don't you see – college football as having the biggest influence here, not just on college athletes, but on high school athletics. I mean, if college football is really pushed to the spring or 
not not played in the fall. Let's just say, for example, it's not played in the fall. Who doesn't really matter when it is. But do you see high school football then happening? And by default, do you see other high school sports happening then? Maybe, yeah. I think college football is going to happen. That's just my thought. So I think the Power Five are going to just do whatever they can to have sports, maybe no fans and stuff like that. So, But in the situation where I'm wrong and they do move to spring, yeah, I can see high school kind of trying to mirror what college does. It's just weird for high school sports too because high school is much lower um, priority high school sports priority because there's no like money around it it's it's looked to a lot of governing high school bodies as just more of a an extracurricular not really that important right i mean I, you remember mm-hmm. there was be a time in when a lot of times high school athletes are banned from competing at nationals because their state right. association has these like weird rules so i think a lot of high school sports are going to be very prone to cancellations, very prone to just like not happening. And because it's like, all right, whatever we, we canceled theater club this season. Who cares? That's probably the way they look at it. We'll cancel the track season. Who cares? I think though, what is this going to do for college coaches? How are they going to know who to sign in 2021? Like that's why I want to think about is that if this whole season gets either canceled, rearranged, not as intense. If you're a college coach, who are you going to recruit? Who are you going to know to recruit? Because you're going to be going off of, and again, they're going to be going off of like potentially sophomore marks, right? Because think about juniors this year, this past year, they didn't have an outdoor season. Not all juniors run indoor, right? And some mm-hmm. juniors may might have just not be in shape when cross country, right? So you think there's probably a lot of good juniors out there who are now going to be seniors this year who go, could go half of their high school career without truly being able to show off what they got, right? And if you're a college coach, who are you going to invest in? Like it's going to be like it's going to be like uh, recruiting blind in a weird way. That's what I think. Like you're not going to well, know. You're going to be like, well, I guess he kind of showed something sophomore year, or I don't know. You know, what are you going to do? I think running though is in a better spot than most sports with this because they could actually do time trials and they could actually put marks up and send them out, video them and CC every college coach in the country. If you're playing on a team sport and you can't get your team together, that seems incredibly difficult of like, hey, here's some shots, coach, of me hitting a volleyball against the wall by myself. Can I get a scholarship to your school? Like that that seems very, very difficult. Running because of the nature of the sport, um, it's it's easier to do in our current situation. And also you could get – you could theoretically still have these informal races where if you're a college coach and you see someone run four times around a regulation track in a fast time, does it matter that they did it with fully automatic timing and with a school uniform on versus – uh, a, a t-shirt, a pair of shorts, and the friend's stopwatch holding up. I, I think that just the the, the cream is going to rise uh, to the t- like they'll they'll be able to be found um, through this process. It might be a, take a little bit more work. Might be a little need to be a little more creative. But the freshman sophomore are probably already on their radar, and then the fast people are going to get in some sort of race in the same way they did this spring. 
Yeah, I think time trials are easier for distance running. But what about if you're like a 100-meter guy? There's no okay. time trialing yeah. 100 meters, right? Well, you're not going to – my hand time is – You wouldn't get the automatic timing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you would have to get the, the, the automatic timing gates out for that. But I also, That's true for 100 or 200. I agree that these athletes can time trial themselves and like, hey, look, I ran a, a 424-mile time mm -hmm. trial. Look at me. Recruit me. But I also think, though, there's some stunt in development, though, of not having a season. If you're going to go two years – Oh, of course. Of yeah. Only having like by yourself training and these random time trials, you're not going to be able to have that like emotional arc and that that just like season arc that a lot of times you need to just like train your body to get through of like how to peak for a big moment, peak for peak for state championships. Um, it's just like I feel like a lot of the I think a lot of the 2021 and 2022 college freshmen are going to be ill prepared. Yeah, for college. well, because of not being able to prepare in, in high school. I seem to. Th I I think that these things are going to happen in sync. I think that if there's just like there was in the spring, if there's no college, there's no high school, and it would be really difficult to manage if they got out of sync with one another. If one of the if one of the divisions was running and then the other one wasn't, right? Like high school went on as is, and there was no college, or college went on and there was no high school then that would be very tricky but if they're moving if they're moving in unison then that means they'll have they'll be working at least off similar similar constraints i guess you're right though because in let's just say the entire let's just just and i hope this doesn't happen so i hope i'm not jinxing this but let's just say the entire sports season is like this past spring so some people run in random time trials, but there's no organized competition. So let's say 2020 cross country, 2020 indoor, 2021 outdoor, right? Let's just say that's all out, right? But then cross next fall is able to go off. Um, you bring up a good point because then, yes, number one, you'd have to get recruits in to run your season, to, to, to run your meet, right? Who hadn't, who hadn't run in two years. So you'd have to know who to recruit. And they haven't even been in any sort of race in a couple of years as well. But because it's in sync, I just think a lot of I mean, the college runners will be out of rhythm as well, too, at that point. So everybody, everybody will be struggling to find their footing at that point. Yeah. And there'll be a massive amount of athletes on a team, too. Think about like if. Things mm -hmm. keep on getting delayed. There's going to be a lot more red shirts. I mean, we'll make a joke, yeah. but everyone's going to have a roster that's like BYU, right? With a bunch of mm -hmm. fifth year, sixth year, seventh year seniors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So that's that's an interesting thing because in the heat of the moment after indoors was canceled, a lot of the coaches were, say, were saying extra eligibility, extra eligibility, extra eligibility. And they did give it for spring. Obviously, they didn't give it for winter sports, which was – which was a bummer. But then some schools didn't actually offer that extra year. And then we had people transfer or people go pro in part because they didn't get that extra year. What's cross country going to be then in the fall if it does get if it does get scrapped? Right? Cuz then you're just stacking redshirt years on top of redshirt years here. 
Is yeah. anybody thinking about that at that point, or is this like a lower on the on the priority list uh, problem? I mean, I'm sure it's going to be a a thing to think about for. I mean, red shirting is really only an issue, right, with like teams that are trying to like win, right? Because like, not everyone uses all four years. Not everyone is healthy all four, and some people. Lot, there's a majority of people who have a fifth year, who have an extra year of eligibility and never even bother using it because they're just like, I'm done. I'm going to go into the real world now and just live my life. Um, mm -hmm. But for these top schools where every season matters, um, it is going to be complicated, especially when you have budget limitations, right? Because yeah, think about yeah. this. Like you said, schools like Wisconsin, they decided not to honor an extra year of eligibility, right? Yeah. Is that true? Now imagine this. Yes. Imagine Wisconsin football gets canceled. And then the Wisconsin AD is like, we're going to honor the canceled football players' eligibility. And then of everyone course. in the spring is going to be like, wait a minute. You're going to honor their eligibility? That, that got canceled, but not ours? And yeah. then you're going to be, I mean, Title IX will become a thing, right? Because you'll be like, hey, you can't give preferential treatment to one athlete over another. You know, so I could see... Some little you could see cross. Could, could you see cross getting extra eligibility just because of that? Because it's in the same season as football, as and the football? hypocrisy would be so yeah. apparent. Yeah, yeah, because they can't only get, they can't they either have to not give it to football or give it to everyone, right? So right, they they are gonna be cut. I mean, that's this whole thing is just mind blowing. I also just think it's kind of crazy how why do we just when the calendar has a one at the end of it instead of a zero at the end of it, we're going to be fine. Like, why is don't, everyone... Oh, don't, yeah, take, don't take indoor from me. Or don't take outdoor from me, Gordon. Don't take outdoor like, from me next year. All these were like, oh, we're making a smart decision. We're going to have sports in 2021. How is that a smart decision? That's just this... That's like the same thing as saying we're going to take the smart decision and have sports in December of 2020. Like... Mm -hmm. We you you could forever push things back, right? If basically, are they saying that we're not going to have sports until there's a vaccine? Is that basically what they're implying? Because there's going to be no change in the environment today than there will be in the environment in 2021 if we're still in a vaccine-free, not fact, vac a vaccine-less uh, society. Like that's the only okay, so change that's going to happen. Well, no, the, the NCAA, I don't know if you saw this, they put out a graph yesterday, which broke it down. And it said, and I'm going to use my hands here for those. So for those of you listening, you're not going to get the full effect of it, but it basically said it had the number of cases over time and it had a point in somewhere in March or April. And it said, this is where we are. This is the point in time when we started discussing the plan to come back with sports, not for the spring, but like how we would work out with fall right and then it had a line that continued of, as and it went down and it said here's where we thought we would be in the fall that's what they were using as the trajectory this is where we thought we'd be in the fall and it was a downward sloping line it also had other countries in the world that had europe uh japan uh, might have might had uh, south korea in there something like that and it was obviously below that and that line that low line went all the way down to next April and it kept trending down and down and down and down and down and down. I think they did April because they wanted to do a whole calendar year. And then they said, here's where we are right now. 
and it was above where it was when they first started talking about this in April and March. So when the NCAA was initially planning on coming back, they thought the number of cases was going to be drastically lower than what it was right now. So I don't think they're waiting necessarily for a vaccine. They're just waiting for there not to be this huge, huge amount of cases, this community spread that they think is going to be exacerbated by doing things like practicing, having kids back on campus for, for school and stuff like that. That I think that's what they thought. I don't think they're waiting, waiting necessarily all the way until there's a vaccine. They're waiting for it to be manageable because there's not, I mean, there's not a vaccine in Europe and they're playing sports. They're going to do track meets in Europe in two weeks, three weeks, like diamond league track meets with athletes from all over the world. Right. And they'll, they'll take precautions and there's not going to be, you know, a bunch of fans in the stands, but they're still doing, they're going to do meets in, in Europe, full-fledged meets in Europe. So I just think the, the number needs to get lower. And you've heard people say it over and over again. Hey, if you want to have football in the fall, this is where the number needs to be. I think the NCAA is sort of saying like, look, we want to do this, but it needs to be here. And it is right now it is here. I'm moving my hands a lot, but Gordon, understood. For, for people listening here and here sound yeah. the same when yeah. you're listening, but when you're watching yeah. it's, it's here, here, the first year was way down here low. And the other one was here. They need the number of cases to go down in the United States. That's what they need. I don't think they need a vaccine. Or you need, or if you want to do sports, you have to spend $150 million and do a bubble like they're doing in the NBA, right? Which is pretty cool, by the way. Have you been loving the NBA bubble? I've been consuming <laughs> I mean, that content. So, yes. How many people have been re-quarantined because they left? Is it still at two or is it more now? I mean, it was a one person who went to get Postmates. <laughs> and then one person, I don't think anyone in the bubble has gotten COVID. I think they're still like having like a, right, right, they're right. batting a thousand, which is pretty good. Yeah, pretty bad. No one has gotten yeah. it. Everyone who has gotten it got it before they entered. Right. So, that, well, yeah, man. and but that's and, and that's literally Link and I were talking about this, I believe, yesterday. But like that's it's for the NBA. It's it's uh it's a huge investment. It's also setting the standard of what you need to do in order to come back, and it sets this it's extremely high bar. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's the, that's the, that's the other issue. It's like, okay, colleges and universities seal off your campuses and have nobody leave, uh, yeah. and have classes or have sports. It's, it's, yeah. you can't do it. Maybe the NFL could do it. They have enough money, but they seem to want to, they they want to play in the regular stadiums, right? They're not going to all play in the same city and live in the same village. Yeah. I mean, I know my opinion on this is probably, uh, controversial opinion and you probably disagree with it but i'll say it i also think that the people who are least affected by this disease are the people who are in high school are the people who are in college like and that a football player getting covid is is better than a football player getting the flu like more people die more young people die from the flu than young people die from covid and I just think well, that, ten and under. That's not, that's not, that's not, that's not. Okay, ten, 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 ten and under. Ten and under. So which elementary is, school kids? That's right. Elementary school but that's not who's kids. playing. That, but elementary schools are not playing college football. Elementary school kids. We we need a fair way to get elementary school kids back in school before we figure out how we get people playing college football. That's the okay, that's but, the reality. But even, and we even regardless, un, maybe not. Okay, maybe I'll take away the word flu, but. 
are simply by 25 is vastly different from the people who are over the age of 40. Right. That's just that's, correct. That's, but that's, yes, yeah. but we can't. We yeah, but we're not able to isolate people who are above the age of 40 because those are the officials, the referees, the coaches, the parents, the grandparents. I, I want them to play sports too. They just need to get it just needs to get under control. That's that you can't you can't reopen in the middle of a, such a huge upswing in cases, according to the experts. If you want to open it up, open it when and have people play like they're doing in Europe. If they were able to do it, I think the United States should be able to do it. But for a variety of reasons, we're not there. But I don't I don't think it's just this interminable. We have to wait for the vaccine. No, because if we say that, then we're just def- – that's like a de- defeatist mindset of like there's the only one way out of it, and it's the vaccine. Well, all these other countries have been able to tamp this down to a point where they can do things and reopen portions of their society and get to sports. Yeah. Well, I also no reason we can't. We, like, when we like compare ourselves to Europe, I mean Europe, the 7 or 8% of the people – who test positive for COVID end up dying, but in America it's like three point eight percent. So like the reason we have basically our where cases are spiking, but they're spiking among people who are not dying. It's not a, a equal spike of death to case spike. If that makes sense. And I know you can say I'll wait two weeks, but we've been now like four to five weeks in this new spike that we had, and the spike hasn't proportionally gone up death wise. So I don't know. It's just like. I get that, like, we're. I just think that we need to. There's just like a stigma to like, oh, you have COVID, you are going to die. I just don't think that is that was no, a stigma what... in March when we didn't know what COVID meant. But now that we know, four to five months later, that COVID isn't a death sentence for a vast majority of people, we act like just we can't treat positive COVID tests like, like uh, an outbreak. And I just think that we still think like you have COVID run for the Hills. And I just think that's, we also, reality. Have, I, yeah. we also haven't had f- full school, full sports since this started either. Correct. So, yeah. there, so we, we don't, we don't really know. And that's the trepidation with everybody deciding how we're going to reopen schools and college campuses is because we haven't. So we do, we don't know what that's going to look like. And there's a lot of people out there, young people who do even, you know, professional athletes, collegiate athletes, high school athletes who are immune suppressant, who are susceptible to, to the disease, let alone, again, all the other people who interact with sports, be it officials, coaches, and things like that. I don't, I don't think any, no one's looking at it as, well, maybe there are people, but the scientists aren't looking at it as, Hey, or the epidemiologists aren't looking at it as, Hey, no one's ever going to get it again. I think the 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 issue is how do you get a how do you get a handle on it? How do we you know start to bring the level of overall cases down? Because the the percentages you still mentioned are still they're still large, right? They they might not be as large as they were or as large as another place, but um, and you know what I mean? What would the reaction be if you know there were fatalities? because of this i think it would be you know even in the even in the nba right i mean that would be obviously tragic and they would probably shut the entire thing down i would think at that point so i just 
I, I want to get back to real life too. I want to get back to talking about actual sports and not every day some a meet gets canceled. But like, we're just, it's just, I think it's going between two extremes here of like, we need to wait for the vaccine or we're never going to open again and we shouldn't do, I, I, I don't know. I, I just think there's a path forward where we do the sensible things and we get it under control. And maybe it's too late for fall, but maybe the reason why I think I look to the new year to get to, to your earlier point is maybe by that point we've had enough time and, and people have realized what, what steps they need to take to get it under control. And that's yeah. it for the, the pandemic podcast. I'm Kevin. Sullivan. <laughs> Sorry. Let's talk about something fun. Talk about something fun. Why we, we don't need to talk about this all the time. Uh, yeah, people yeah, don't true. listen to the podcast for this. W give me something fun. So fun. All right. We got some news. You ready okay. for the news? Good. Now you're going to leave got the news. It's, it's, it's cross-country news. It's uh, Okay. There's a school out there that is notorious for getting some uh, recruits. I'm not recruits. Notorious for getting transfers. Can you guess what school that is? Or you probably already uh, New, Mexico. New Mexico. New Mexico. So New okay. Mexico women who are notorious for always finding ways to get fifth years or an Ivy League transfer here or there. Um, they have what, one, two, three transfers coming in that haven't been reported yet, but we're going to break it here, all right? They're bringing in... Okay. Uh, first of all, they're bringing in a, a girl named Samira Mebarutu, who is not in the NCAA. She is from... Or, or, what's this country that Winnie Kaladi's from? Er Eritrea. Eritrea. She's from Eritrea, so... We're going to have two Eritreans on the same team. I think she's projected to probably be like the number five or number six woman, but she's good. Uh, so I don't really know much about her. She competed at World Junior or she competed at World Junior Cross and finished like top 30. So she can become good. And obviously, she, uh, same country woman as Kaladi. So it'll be kind of interesting. But that she's like one of the international people that they're bringing in. But they're bringing in uh, Southern. Methodist Hannah Miller, who is a 1606 5K runner, pretty mm -hmm. good senior. She ran in the AAC, now coming to the Mountain West. I think she's going to be like a top 50, top 40 type person. And then they're also bringing in Anna Kostrelis, which is a senior from Xavier, who's also like a 1605 oh, 16 5K runner, another one who could probably finish in the top 50, top 60. So basically, you look at New Mexico's roster. Obviously, we think of NC State as the favorites with all their young talent, but look at the 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 veteranist presence of New Mexico. Obviously, they have Wayne Kalati. They get they got senior and Wayne Kalati, who's going to win, yeah. right? Then they got senior Aver Cohen, who's probably going to be a top twenty-five, and then they have a senior and Hannah Nuttle, who's another top thirty girl. Then they have freshman, retro freshman Amelia. Mozzie Downey, who's a sub-16 5K runner. She's probably going to be top 50. Then they have senior Hannah Miller, senior Anna Castrellas, junior Samira Mabaruta, basically, and senior Sophie Eckel. So they're going to have probably five seniors in their top seven, which I think will help they, them. They could win. You're saying they could they win. They could win. I could say they could hypothetically, win. Hypothetically, New Mexico could win a hypothetical NCAA cross-country championships this year if it happens well, I, I just think that they are 
they have a good roster. They don't. I think they have the great a great. I think they have the a great roster, and I just think that mm-hmm. they're better than they were last year. I think if cross country happens this year, there's three teams that can win: Stanford, New Mexico, and NC State. Those are the three that can win. And this is the thing, the though. They all. I think they all have weaknesses, except for New Mexico. I think New Mexico's. I think NC State's weakness is youth. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Not okay. all. It's it's hard. It's hard to win cross country titles when you're young, right? Stanford's weakness is depth. They don't really have a strong, interchangeable four, five, six, seven. Where if they need their four or five to be perfect, I don't think their seventh runner could become their fifth runner just like that. Whereas in New Mexico, they'll find somebody. It's it's Stanford. They'll find somebody. Okay. So I'm then, excited you know, for this Mexico, hypothetical season. New Mexico doesn't have a true number two. Right, they do have the yeah. number one stick, yeah. but they don't have like another like Stanford has a good one-two duo, right, with Donahue and Lawson, mm-hmm. and then uh, NC State, right? They have Tui and uh, what's her name, uh, Chelsea Chamel, and the Wofford transfer. So I think that NC State and Stanford have bigger one-two punches, but I think New Mexico's three-four-five punch is going to be better than everyone else's, and it's a matter of averages of what's going to happen but yeah hypothetical cross-country talking about hypothetical cross-country meets is great hypothetical podcasting topics uh no i i appreciate the the new information there uh because i didn't i didn't think of new mexico as a title contender without bringing somebody new in but you build it around kaladi and and cohen and there you go sounds like they have i mean the pieces just a matter of how they develop if they do have to if they don't run this fall though that would be really interesting from the perspective of nc state that brings in this phenomenal freshman class the fab five right they'd essentially get a year and it would be a very weird year but they'd all be let's just say they don't give eligibility back for this year so they're essentially all forced to take a a redshirt year this year so they would be you know that freshman co- class would come back as having a year of le- at least of college under their belt under some some circumstance. I don't know what type of college experience it would be. It just changes the whole dynamic because so many of the struggles of freshmen aren't just attached to running, but also just you're away from home for the first time, and you're in college classrooms and you're adjusting to a, a, a new environment. And in theory, that that wouldn't be the case for them in 2021. Do you know though what? NC State should do if there is no season. They should, if they know there's not going to be a do? season, like, like, this is what the top, like, this is what Leo Doshbach, Caitlin Tui, Nico Young, all the top, like, you're going to be good type recruits. They should all enroll okay. into community college this first year. They should just go to community college and not start their their NCA clock. Why start your NCA clock if you know there's not anything in the first year of that clock? You're basically wasting a, a time on your clock. So, why not just hmm. like, hey, if there's no NCA competition, why am I going to be in an NCA institution for a year? Just don't be in the NCA institution. Train. You know, this is breaking the rules, but train still with the coach, but you know, just near the local community <laughs> college. So you show up on the same trail. Don't like, do oh, that. Don't do they're, that. They're, they're running a tempo. I'll run my tempo. You know. I'm, yeah, yeah. That happens. Let's be honest. That happens at places. Uh. Well, they could train. And then they'll be, they could train. They don't right? need. They don't need guidance. They'll. They can figure it out. They can figure it out. 
And then, so therefore, Kalen Tui could go into 2021 as a true freshman as opposed to as a redshirt freshman. Okay, I like this. You, the last 10 minutes of every podcast are basically Gordon's secret advice to college coaches because last time you said, hey, red shirt, plan to redshirt everybody. Or run them unattached all year. And then if there's an NCAA championship and they're ready to go, then just throw them on the line and make their season debut in NCAAs. Now you have a contingency plan for if it gets canceled, which is everybody go to community college. Or take a hey, gap man. year. Can you just take a gap year? Yeah, take a gap year. Right? Just don't yeah. don't start the clock. There's no reason for freshmen to start their clocks if there's not a season. Hmm. No reason. What's the can? I guess they could still withdraw, right? We're we're yeah. Be like, hey, plenty I, of time I, to oh, withdraw. yeah. Huh. And then they could save that scholarship are, money. Are people actually doing this? Are, are you saying this because you've heard people are doing this, or are you just speculating? speculating but it would work yeah no Why? it's a good there's idea no reason you for, get ideas there's no out reason in the for, beginning yeah this is only again assuming you know that there's not going to be a season right because you you want you don't yeah. want to just like unenroll from school for no reason but hey hey hold on it's a like second going, though yeah. hold on hold on okay. conspiracy conspiracy time here do you All think right. that's why they're is that why the NCAA is waiting because there'd just be a so, mass exodus of athletes. Yeah. Well, think Cause think about if you're. I mean, think, think about if you're a blue chip football player. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking about. Like where there's serious money on the line here, right? Yeah. If you're if you're a basketball player, a, a like a star freshman basketball player, there you should 100 percent go overseas and compete in the Europe like basketball league and not waste thinking about enrolling in college. Yeah, because ooh, yeah, that's a really good point. That's why they're waiting. We just cracked the code right here. That's why they're waiting. They know that they already know their answer, but they wanna they wanna reel in the bait of that that tuition money. Yeah. Before they they go off. Too bad too bad everybody stopped listening during COVID talk, but uh we finally got to we finally got to some <laughs> some hard answers here about what the what the well i know that's the case people were talking about that with um in the spring right with okay they're trying to figure out you know season ticket situations or they're trying to figure out with with major marathons like how are they going to do the reimbursement process and and what's the what's the next year's race going to look like all those things get calculated into deciding you know when you, you can't just cancel something but i don't know that just because that seems like the obvious workaround. And star football players, star basketball players, they may not even use all their eligibility. So it may not even be – it's a bit of a moot point. But for runners, it's very important to have that extra year. It could be a huge difference maker. We might yeah, have stumbled what... on something here, Gordon. Yeah. I'm assuming, have you started texting coaches yet? How many people no. are enrolled in next well, I want and I want to end this pod episode on a on a glorious Friday with some uh more reaction to my player ratings that I created. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, so uh so here's some here's some there's some guys. So Charles, who I think is a Texas Tech guy, he's a he's a long jumper. He said 
this is his tweet. He said, when needed, 8.30, 8.25, and 8.16, 8.14 PR, over eight meters, numerous times. I've literally lost count of how many times I'm an All-American. I am the third person in history to make indoor nationals in long jump, high jump, and triple jump. And I'm a 77 at Flowcheck. Help me understand y'all rankings. And then Andrew Hudson, fellow Texas Hold on, Tech. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I think he brings up a good point. He only had me a 77? Yeah. Oh, you I'm, don't a know char- I'm a Charles on this one. What are you doing, Gordon? Right. First I'm a Charles all, his on this PR, one. His PR is from a long time ago. Bragging about your PR means nothing. It's all about what have you done for me lately. And lately, he hasn't done much. So, I don't think actually, you've explained. I don't think you've explained this well. That it only I know because it says uh, twenty, like it's track and field twenty, twenty twenty. Track field twenty. I don't think people. Un- oh, sorry. I don't think everybody. I don't think people understand that you only looked at the last year. I think that needed to be. Well, you made it clear, I mean, probably. It, but well, I mean, people but hold know on. For next year. No one is. No one is complaining that Brett Favre is, doesn't have a ninety-nine in Madden. <laughs> Brett Favre. Right? No one is complaining about that, right? No, you're right. right. I'm, I'm but this to, is a little I'm, different. I, this is I'm, this is more like this is more like okay, uh, an NBA player who you know John Wall's injured when he comes back. You know, is is he a seventy-seven just because he missed a year or a couple of years? No, you you'd probably give him his his due based on what you think he can do in twenty twenty-one. I'm trying to figure out what this guy's name is. It just says Charles. Okay, don't worry about it. Keep going. Keep moving. Okay, anyway, he's a Texas Tech guy. But anyway, he's bragging about a PR from a long time ago. I only looked at PRs from 2019 and 2020. And also, he's bragging about his wind-aided PRs. I'm sorry, but wind-aided don't mean shit. And then he also... 830, though. 830 is 830. No, it's not. Again, I could jump jump 830 with a turbine behind me. Throw me into like a... No, no, I mean I couldn't, can't. but I'm just you saying. You couldn't jump four thirty. Okay, I can't. If you're gonna look at people's Has... ratings, you can't look at windated marks. I'm sorry, you just can't. You got to have an evil, even playing field. Why would I give someone credit for an eight thirty when someone is jumping eight twenty five when legal? Like you got to give the person jumping eight twenty five when legal more credit. Got to get the conversion so, table. All right, I'm with Charles on this he, one, but keep it moving. He, no, he's not. And then he's bragging about keep NCAA going. marks. I mean, come on, this is this is this isn't the NCAA. This is the next level. This is USA. So like bragging about what you do a bunch against a bunch of nineteen and twenty year olds doesn't mean, pardon my French, shit. All right. So then also, people people complaining about Grant Holloway being a ninety eight. Can you imagine if like a bunch it. of like people complained about a football player being ranked 98 over 99? It's like super petty. There's not one like NFL it. player who would complain about a 98 rating. But of course, I like it. I'm sure there is. Holiday. What do you mean? There's got to be somebody. There's got to be. No. They want perfection. I like no. it. I like it. I like. If, is Grant Holloway himself complaining or is it just Grant Holloway fans? No. I mean, it's Grant Holloway fans. Grant Holloway has got to be like, I need to see First this of all, full list. First of all, if you have fans, I mean that should bump you up to a 99. If you're in track and field and you actually have fans, that's awesome. Uh, no, I like it. I like that they're getting uh, excited about it, and you can make an argument. I think what here's what I think you should have done, or this is what you can do for next year's version, at least for the top tier. Don't the rankings break down like when you have when you're ranking Patrick Mahomes, right? Doesn't it well, break like down like arm speed? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like with Holloway, 
you could have lowered him in, I don't know, experience or something like that. You could have, you could have given him a lower mark, but then potential or something like that would have been obviously a 99. And then you could have averaged it out that way. I'm just, I have ideas for 2022. I'd like to be consulted on. So here's some more tweets. Another reason why flow track bothers the hell out of me. This list is terrible. LOL flow track. I just say flow cap because they keep capping a lot. I don't understand that, but go ahead. This is author price. He's upset uh, about his rating. He says my rating would be a hundred anyway, because that's how I always keep it a hundred. I'm like, okay, Arthur okay. Price, bragging about. All right, then we have uh, another guy who saying NCA number two, world number fourteen, ain't enough for this flow track employees with trash credentials. LOL. Watch me work, and I'm like, okay, this guy's number two in the NCA. He's number fourteen in the world, and I didn't rank him. I must have messed up. Like. I was like, oh shit, I gotta, I gotta figure this out. And then I realized, oh, he's bragging about indoor rankings. Oh, he's bragging about being number 14 in the indoor 60 hurdles. I'm sorry, but they don't do the 60 hurdles at the Olympics. Like I say, hashtag no indoor Olympics. So I was like, okay, no, I want to see what you do in 110 hurdles, buddy. Don't brag about your world indoor ranking. All right. And then another person. Okay. And another person. Did you like that people said, were uh, angry about him, or did you not like oh, that I people were angry this about them? This is great. Okay. Okay. This so you're having you're having fun right now. All right. And then people complaining. Obviously, you have to pay for the rankings. Well, listen to the podcast. You get a lot of them for free. Uh, and I'm yeah. like, okay, yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I I, I spent hours coming said? up with something. I don't work for free, but whatever. Um, <laughs> and then we had another one. There's, there's no one. This is Gordon. Oh, Uncutter. where is it? Oh, Garrett Scantling. He was like, do you guys forget about me? Or what did we say exactly? He said he was upset that uh, he wasn't ranked. Garrett Scantling. And I was like, oh, I didn't rank Garrett Scantling. I mean, I remember him. I think he was pretty good. And I was like, but I haven't thought about him in a while. Has he not competed? I was like, he must have not competed. And I was like, I looked up his results and I was like, dude. You haven't competed since 2016. I'm not going to rank you. I'm sorry. It's the 2021 player ratings being good mm-hmm. in 2016 and then not com- and then retiring for four years, five years, you're not going to get ranked. And then I was like, but then he has to know that. He has to know I'm not going to rank someone who hasn't competed in four years, right? And clearly okay. he did okay. know that because in his mind, he did compete because once again, he did a random heptathlon in Clemson in 2020 indoors counts I'm like, again counts your your indoor marks of non outdoor events don't mean anything if he did an indoor decathlon then maybe i would have ranked him but he did an indoor heptathlon they don't do seven events outdoors they do 10 so you got to do you got to do what they do at the world global championship so that okay. was another one and then someone responded saying hey, i don't know shit so but Every time they said, like, why didn't you rank me? And I looked at it. I was like, okay. Another person was like, hey, man, why didn't I get ranked? And I'm like, you've only run two races in this in the past two years. You run one race in 2019 and one race 2020 indoors. Both weren't great. You're not going to you actually ranked. respond to all this? Did you actually respond? I no. think it would have been good if no, you I responded. Just, oh, you should have. I, I never respond. No, I don't, I don't engage on Twitter 
uh, back and forth. You I read just, them and get angry, but you should respond. You should be like race more. No, no, because when you respond, you're you're give you're feeding you're feeding the line, man. You're feeding it. You can't respond. There's so many things I see on the internet every day that I want to clap back at or just like dunk on or respond or what aboutism or all that stuff, but I don't because I know that's what they want. They want that response, so I just let them. Well, I know, but they. But but they have actual legitimate questions about your ranking system. I think is the uh, inventor of the but EA fake EA Sports fake track and field video game. This this is very serious stuff here. I think we all agree that whether or not you're a 77 or a 79 has huge ramifications on on the sport. It's fun. It's for fun. No one's Someone getting paid more. Someone complained that Bowling wasn't ranked high enough. Was also hilarious. I'm like, dude, <laughs> Bowling. Good. He hasn't done anything. He's not going to be ranked 99. Well, that's the thing. Like he was still in there. Everyone he was still up there. He was ranked. Yeah, everyone yeah. needs to be ranked ninety-eight. I mean, what, do you know what I should do next year? I should make a rankings and make everyone a ninety-nine, oh. and then see how people respond. <laughs> next Everyone's year, a I don't know if you, I don't know if you listened to la- uh, yesterday's podcast, but next year I think you should do. It, it should be international too. That would be cool. Yeah. Well. Okay. All right. Well, I know Miles was going to do like a high school version. You know that's going to happen. That's going to happen. And I thought about that. Well, I was like, should I just do NCAA only athletes and make it NCA based? But I was like, okay, U.S. But international. Problem with doing international is, let's be honest, a lot of people don't know a majority of international athletes. Like, yes, counterpoint how many though, know- Lincoln didn't know anybody below ninety two on this one. So I think you'd go farther because then you wouldn't need to uh, – if you got a gold medal at the World Championships, you're not automatically 99. If you're keeping to your rule of you only want six 99s, then you really got to be selective. So then everybody yeah. through the, the you know the first 90 – I mean the, the 90 and above, everybody knows them. And then yeah, that's true. you might you – might, you'll, you'll get some random, okay, this javelin thrower here or this, uh, this race walker or whatever you put somewhere else would, would be way high up. Different. They didn't get up there. Okay, well, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Like you, you'd put you'd put some well-known people into the '80s and the '70s, but maybe it wouldn't well, have as much great about this on is media. that like there's people who are never going to win Olympic medals who are being ranked, and it's fun for them just to see where they are in this video game world. Whereas, like, mm-hmm. I don't think a Japanese athlete who never even heard of flow track is going to be like, Oh, you rank me 89. I think there's going to be like, it's going to be like a waste of giving credit in a way. Does that make sense? It's fun to give credit um, to people who see the credit. You're, you're talking as if someone who never saw the media attention around Abdul Hakim, Sonny Brown last year or the year before that was, uh, he was the most popular athlete at NCAAs. Uh, our colleague Lincoln Shrike did two interviews with Japanese television about him. I think that they would have a whole story if he was 95 on your rankings. There would be features, and they would probably uh, interview you. So it would be a good chance for you to, to expand your brand to Japan. So I don't know. might be shorting yourself a little bit. Uh, all right, we'll leave it there. We've gone over. Flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. I'm Kevin. He's Gordon. Thanks to Alon for producing. We'll talk to you guys next week.